Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening on Monday? Welcome in. Take command. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson, and with us today, a guy that actually we both have worked with. Of course, Logan played with Santana Moss, now works with him for the Commanders, doing all the analysis with Julian Donaldson and crew. And then uh, there was a little show back in 2016 called The Santana Moss Show. The host of that show was, of course, our guest, 14 years in the NFL, amazing wide receiver Santana Moss. But uh, then there was me. I hosted the show along with Santana. So, Tana, with that, welcome into the pod. So great to, to be talking to you in the microphones again, and we really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, Craig. You know, it's crazy that you bring that up because that was my introduction into this world. So, you know, right out of, the, right out of you know, fighting and, and, and clawing and battling with Logan between the white lines, I go into the media game and me and you have, a, you know, my, my, my show, giving me a show, you know, right off the bat. So uh, I enjoyed them years, though, man, but it's good being on with you guys this morning. Same thing. Same thing. Enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, and it only took them six years to give me my own show with my own name on it. <laughs> hey, man. Hard work pays off, man. You know, you've been putting it in. Appreciate that, man. Tanner, do you like the media stuff? Do you enjoy doing that? Surprisingly, yeah. You know, honestly, yeah. if you'd asked me this some years ago, throughout my playing years, I shied away a lot. But then sometime, like, I think later in my career, you know, just – what we was dealing with as a team, excuse me, I had to stand stand strong. Someone had to do it. So I was, you know, I was standing, staying in the locker room and just be a spokesman sometime, you know what I mean? When, because we had so many bad outings, you know, you just want to say, hey, man, let's, let's kind of, you know, paint our own narrative, you know what I mean? So I was standing there and just take the question. So as I got going and, and as I got later into my career, I realized how important it was for somebody to speak up or be there. And I can't. I think that kind of catapulted me into what I'm doing now because um, if it wasn't for those ups and downs that I went through, and it was, and it's probably started way before then because I remember a couple of things I went through my early years with the Jets that kind of had me scratching my head, like why would I be, you know, torn apart or looked at with looked at that way for not speaking and not being rude by not speaking, just having spoke. So, uh, but yeah, surprisingly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it now and it keeps me around the game. You know, I, I saw myself probably coaching and then I looked at the time that the coaches spend and I'm like, oh, I just got through with all that. So let me enjoy this until I, you know, <laughs> to that coaching bug bite me again. 
And then, you know, one thing we've talked about is, like, walking that line with the players. Because, you know, you were a player, and I, and yeah. I was a player. You were much, much better than me, obviously. But, like, walking that line between, between being critical and being yeah. constructive when you're giving your analysis, like, do you have, like, a kind of a, you know, guideline for that? I, I don't think I'm the – I don't think I have all the answers when it comes to how you, how you handle that situation. But – you have to understand as a player and as a guy who's reporting the game or speaking on different, you know, players, we have a we have a we have a good, you know, uh, chance to really paint the picture and actually, you know, describe describe what we went through in those situations and how this player should react or perform. So that's what I try to do. I try to be able to speak from, you know, from um, basically being out there, being involved, and then say, okay, well. This is expected of us, so he has to, you know, make up for this or come back and, you know, uh, regain that trust again. That's how I try to be. I think that's kind of being soft to players. You know, it's other guys that will beat you up. But at the same time, too, you have to understand you have a job. So we have to get that message through, whether that player likes it or not. But I'm always going to take that side of, you know, not trying to kill somebody or, or beat them up through my words because I feel like you can go around that and just get your point across without doing so. Did you ever feel as a player that media, I mean, you played in New York for your first four years, nevertheless, what you dealt with here, yeah. um, you know, God, that John Kime covering you, that guy, what a, <laughs> what a pain in, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, is that, is that kind of a philosophy you developed from being on the other end of it as a player? Were you fine with criticism that was that way? Man, people, be, people tore me down. I mean, tore me down. I had people tore. I mean, they they tore in me, man. You know, and it's not it's not that I found a way to do that uh, because of that. I think that's just in me. I'm wired that way. Like I'm I'm. Mm. As as much as I want to be an a hole at times to people, you have to really push me to be that a hole. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry to say, sometimes guys like that get taken advantage of. But I always draw a line because as soon as I see you getting comfortable with trying to push me somewhere that I'm not comfortable with, then that's when I'm going to draw the line and show you I'm an MF too on the other side of that. So, you know, that's the, that's the thing about playing with a guy like myself. I'm a Gemini, so I have two sides. But I, I prefer to be the nice guy. And I think you can offer more to the world giving people what you want back. I've always wanted respect. I've always wanted someone to treat me as I treat them, so I always give them that first. When I see a guy say, nah, this is what I want to be, then I'm, then I'm there with you. But I don't have to be there with you by being angry and mad at you every day. I just know that I don't mess with you, you know what I mean? And I can do it in a pleasant way. So um, I never cared about what a guy or a media said about me. It hurts. We human. When you hear it, it hurts. But the thing I did to kind of, uh, I guess you can say, combat it is not listen, not watch. If it's brought to me, damn, bro, don't bring that kind of noise to me, you know what I mean? So eventually people around me would know. If it's not something good, don't don't bring it up to talent. They might ask me, "Hey, did you hear the media? You know, hear the you know? No, I didn't hear it. Okay, nothing, nothing happened. You know what I mean? But now, by you saying that, I got it in my head. But as long as I got it in my head, I'm not gonna go searching for it. You have to really bring it to my doorstep for me to, you know, sit there and have to, you know, feel like I had to be faced with it. And I think that allowed me to be who I was throughout my career and even to this day. Like, man. Folks are sitting there and tell you sticks and stone may break my bone, but words not they screw that. It, it hurts. You know what I mean? It hurt us all. And for them to sit there and say that, my dad always told me, a guy would tell you 
who he is by telling you who he's not. Mm. See what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a killer ain't gonna tell you he's a killer. You feel what I'm saying? So if I got, <laughs> yeah, I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't see that. Nah, he sees it. You know what I mean? He feels yeah. it. So that's why I've always listened closely to people because they would tell you a lot of, about themselves by telling you who they're not. Yeah. And like people have been talking, you know, there's not been a lot of positive things to talk about with this team, but coming into the 2022 season, you know, like I think me and you both feel like there's a lot of things to be optimistic about. Um, what are a couple of those things for you in terms of like you're excited to see coming into training camp that's right around the corner, specifically at the wide receiver position? I mean, one, just to see the core. This core, yeah. well, they haven't played together yet. Even with having a lot of the guys um, back from last year, it's still surprising that they haven't played together yet. But uh, yeah. just knowing what they have, man, I mean, when you when you think about Terry McLaurin, how he's elevated his game from day one since he's been, you know, been drafted, and then you get additions like Curtis Samuels, and then this you fast forward to this year, oh, man, Jahan. I mean, if you can just – if you <laughs> you show me a couple of take you know film from him this you know this off season I saw a little bit of it you know with my own eyes being out there, man you know what I'm saying if you can get him to take that everything we saw from college to his first introduction in in the mini camps and OTAs and bring that same kind of energy to the uh, training camp and go on to the preseason to the post I mean to the regular season then I, I just feel like these guys can really do something and then when you think about it. Um, having the talent of a Carson Wentz. I mean, I feel that regardless of what folks want to say about him, he might be one of the most talented quarterbacks we had here in a while. So um, this coaching staff, I, I truly believe this coaching staff might be one of the better coaching staffs for him because we understand how this game is played, Logan. You know, what folks fail to realize is they think that we can go out there and do what we do and just do it regardless of what we've been through. It's hard, man. It's It's really hard to – be able to mentally, you know, you know, take in things that you went through, those experiences, and get rid of them all the while playing the game. You know, I've dealt with a lot of things yeah. that, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, I can say that when I got into that, to that, that arena, it kind of, you know, washed away for a little while, for a couple of hours. But unfortunately, it comes back. And when you experience it as a player on the field, now if you're dealing with something that happened to you on the field, it is hard, man. It's hard to shake. And um, you can deal with counselors. You can deal. The only way you shake it is by, you know, upstaging whatever that was that you did, wrong or bad. And I think you have to go out there and just play better. And I found it out the hard way as a player young in my career. But I was happy to go through some of those things because it showed me who I was. You know, it showed me really my heart, my courage, you know, how I can handle stuff mentally. And then throughout my career, I was able to, do, you know, be able to play with it like that. So just speaking on that a little bit, but just having a guy like Carson, having those receivers, you know, I'm not just um, looking forward to seeing one of those guys. I'm looking to seeing that core of those guys go out there and really, you know, light up the scoreboard and, and put up some big numbers. We can definitely circle back to some of the receivers, but I, I want to follow up on that thought in regards to Carson because the you know his game last year is like a or his last game last year is like a traumatic football experience for him. It was it was as bad as you can get and as big of a spot as you can get as the Colts are trying to make the playoffs. And you, like you said, you've been through some things in your career on the field 
and you eventually can get past them when you replace them with, with new experiences. But is that the kind of thing that if he had a really good spring and like the coaches, like he can be past it even going into training camp? Is it something he works through in training camp? Or is it going to take him having a great couple of weeks in the regular season to feel like, hey, man, like I'm good. What happened last year was a fluke. It's all about that next game. You know, whether it's a preseason, whether it's practice right now, it's all about when you get out there and lace them up again. Um, you, you know, when it's a game, you really want, you really look forward to playing another game. So it's kind of unfortunate that he got to wait this long to really have to go a chance to redeem whatever he did. But I don't always put that stuff on the individual. You know, we get caught up into this world where the quarterbacks get blamed for everything. You know, win loses. You know, win and losses. Um, I saw plenty of Super Bowls where they gave the quarterback the, you know, the MVP of the Super Bowl, and it was other guys that played better. But the quarterback get the recognition because, hey, you know what I mean? He's the he's the face. He's the he's the big name of the team. You know, and especially when he plays well enough, you kind of think so. This is the guy we want to say we're going to Disney World. But um, that defense supposedly had been one of the better defense in the league last year, and they allowed that Jacksonville team to score on them and win that game. So. You can't put it all on Carson, but he does take, you know, has to, has to play play the part and say, hey, this is on me. You know what I mean? And if I play bad enough, then clearly you can see a lot of that is on me. So, but I think it, it, it do start with him playing in the game. And, um, but it also starts with the coaching staff. I think Ron Rivera does a great job. I love the way he leads these guys, just the way he speaks to them. You know, it's almost like he's talking to them in a sense of, knowing what they're going through and trying to give them something that they can take to be able to handle those emotions, handle those thoughts, and then go out there and execute on the field. So uh, I, I really believe, you know, and, I, and like I say, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in those doors to really hear what's going on, but I think he has a way of talking to his team and he's going to have a way of talking to Carson that's going to allow him to believe in himself and know that it's not all on him. Let me go out here and do what I have to do do what I supposed to do, and I believe when you can play and see that stuff come into play and see the things that you're doing the right way and not taking those chances, because everyone going to take chances because I think one of the things about our game is, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is off of just, you know, per instinct. You know what I mean? Like I tell my son all the time, like as long as I, I have my alignment and my assignment, as long as I know what to do, where to go at, when that play is made, it's not because – I told myself I was going to bomb this guy and juke five guys and off to the races. It's because I did everything that I was supposed to do. Now, the good old football guys allow me to be instinctive and say, once that ball came in my hand, stuff come out of me that I've been, I guess, you know, throughout my career that I've trained to, to, to have in my tube belt to get me out of danger. Because it's almost like you've been in danger. You know, you're trying to get yourself – in the best situation, whether going forward to get a first down, get the most yards you can get, or get a touchdown. So um, I think he'll be, in a great, he'll be in a great spot when it comes to just knowing his job, knowing what to do, and then instinctively he can be able to make the plays when he see him, you know, present or see him appear. And I think that's going to be what we're looking for to see a guy like Carson kind of get over some of the things that he's done in the past. Because one of the things that he's done that, you know, all of us have seen is just hold on to the ball and try to play hero ball too much. And that can get you to be, you know, you know, some of the woes that he he's had to deal with. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think you brought up something really interesting there. I think there's a lot of people who play football, who play other sports, or in life even, and they say, oh, I'm, having, I'm going through a rough patch. I need to press harder. I need to try harder to get this done. And I had a coach tell me one time, nah, man, it's not about pressing harder. It's about kind of reverting back to your process right the kind of the little things like he used to say aim small miss small right what are your most fundamental techniques and there are times where you're watching Carson and you see like it it feels like he's trying to do everything all at once and I was just wondering if you had anything that when you played that helped you kind of get back to square one kept kept, get back to getting settled and then kind of helped you get out of slumps and you know because there are different tools to get that done for different people yeah I, I you know what um I've always watched other guys that – see, one of the things about me um, and to this day, I watch a lot of football, and I might not be a football guru when it comes to X's and O's. You know, I take I, – I watch the individual, and I watch the plays that's being made. So I used to challenge myself that if I was ever in a slump or ever feeling like being – feeling sorry for myself, that – don't let this other guy outshine you, you know, or don't let your teammates down. Or the biggest one I used to put on myself is like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to let all this stuff go to waste. You know what I mean? Like I used to really talk, man, I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to like manipulating myself. Cause I went through sometimes, (laughs) I remember the biggest slump I probably was ever in in my career. Um, it happened twice to me. Um, once in college and once in the pros. I think in college it was after um, my first year starting, got off to a great start. Uh, we played Florida State. The ball hit off my face mask, which it was considered that I was, you know, I dropped the ball. I knew it hit off my face mask, but you couldn't tell me that wasn't a drop because the world said it was a drop. And it looked like, no, I didn't want to catch a ball. I mean, they, I caught passes afterwards. I scored a touchdown in that same game afterwards, and I caught about three or four more passes. But it just, for some reason, I was like, I didn't want to put my hands up, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I went through that, and then eventually, whew, it went behind me. I finished the season stellar, stellar the second half of the season, and I went in there and had a great bowl game. Then fast forward, I get here. I remember we, we changed quarterbacks up here. Uh, we set Mark down and put in Jason. And... Already, I was pissed. It wasn't enough. It wasn't against, you know, uh, no indictment on Jason, but it was just I knew what Mark did for me, Mark Brunel, and Jason still was a young pup that wasn't reading defenses well enough. Mark was just getting the ball out of his hand. I didn't have to really work hard. See, that's another thing people fail to realize about quarterbacks. And I spoke about this to Logan the other day. Like they really allow you to be you. You know, you don't have to worry about doing X, Y, and Z when you have a great quarterback. And he don't have to be great. Just a guy that knows how to get the ball out of his hand in a timely fashion. Jason didn't know that. I would literally come out of my, my routes and looking at Jason, looking at me, getting ready to throw the ball. That's a no-no. I shouldn't see you throwing me the ball. The ball should be there. I should be able to turn around, catch the ball, and, you know, use now my instincts and be able to make a play. So 
I got in a slump, man, because I was more so mad that we made that change when I was on the road. And then I was fighting just knowing that how his balls came a little different, late, hard, all that stuff kind of got in my head. And it almost got to the point where I didn't want to catch a ball. You know what I'm saying? I was beating myself up like I didn't want to catch a ball. And the way I got out of that one, um, I believe Gary Clark, he came to speak to the team and he was looking for me. You know, Gary has always been a guy that, you know, talked to me before games, you know, do you know before the season, kind of, you know, praised me for some of the things he saw that I did well. And at that time, he was going to get on me about what I hadn't been doing. And I'm sitting right underneath him on my helmet on the knee, and he's talking to us in the big huddle. And he was like, where 8-9 at? And he, he looked at me, he looked, I'm like, I'm right here, what's up? He looked down, he's like, come on, man, where you been at? I ain't see the freaky first down all season. Man, that's my thing, you know, mm-hmm. like every time you do that, I get up and do it with you. Like, what's up? That's what I needed. Like, and he, he, he was critical, and he got to the point without beating me up. But I had him in beating myself up, you know what I'm saying? And I shook it. I was able to shake it because now, you know what, for you to call me out in that kind of way, you didn't have to do that. When you did it in front of everybody, which I respect you for that, but for you to bring light to something that I know I had been dealing with, but I thought I was dealing with it amongst myself, it shows that everybody else sees the same thing. Tell you got you better than that. Mm-hmm. And the next game was crazy. I had about five catches, and I cared less about the way Jason threw the ball now. I just like, hey, okay, if he going to throw a late hard, I'm going to catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? So – a lot of times we beat ourselves up. So it's all about how you can just, you know, manipulate yourself and kind of control those emotions and that, that, that mental, you know, lapse you have. I think it's a mental lapse because you really forget what all the work you put in to be who you at, be who you are and be where you at. You kind of get caught up into just yourself. And, you know, we see a lot of things um, in the media world, get out your head or, you know, what I mean, this guy's he's in his head right now. That's what we see when guys are doing that. I know it because I've been there. So when I see it's going on, I'm like, he's in his head. You see a guy making missing plays after play. Like I watched a kid from Pittsburgh for the last few years. Oh, my God. You, you know, uh, I forgot his name. I, I think he made a pro bowl Whoa. last year. Number 19, I believe. Dan- Dante Washington. Uh, Juju. Or Ju- Juju's no, 19 and the other guy. Not 19. He, he's one of those known. But you know uh, what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Deontay Thompson. Bingo. I think that's his name. name. Thompson? Yeah. Yeah. The other guy, the little guy, they were trying yeah. to. Deontay Thompson's the other guy. Yeah, he was. He he was trying to be like the little AB for them these past few years. Yeah, but I saw a few times when he was in his head, you know, and it's not his fault, but it's, it's what we go through as players, and the the reason why a lot of us make it to this stage of our career is because we're able to shake that sooner or later. Sometimes it takes you know longer for others, but but that was some of the things I did to kind of control those thoughts and those emotions. And when you come from out of it, man, you're in a better place. That's all I can say. When you come, when you kind of get through it, you've really grown and you show yourself that, man, I can go through anything because that was my one of the most toughest times or the toughest stints in my career where I'm here and I'm dealing with something that the guy, the average guy on the, who didn't make it here deals with this every day. You know what I'm saying?